Technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as these two idiots. Thought tells me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. My name is Adam. My name is Nathan. And this is our 63rd episode for December the 8th. We are getting to Christmas. Slowly but surely. Actually, I say that, but I feel like it's going very quickly. <laughs> like we were just talking about our schedules and it doesn't sound like a lot of time. It's not overall. <laughs> no, because I've been just yeah. We were talking before, but yeah, I'm just working. I haven't even. I've ordered a few things for Christmas shopping, and I have to pick up some things, so it's gonna be fine. But yeah, it's I've not even started to think about that kind of stuff. But one more crazy week, and then I'll be uh. Good to go. No, it, when you're an adult, things fly. Like, yeah. it is uh, like the kids doing advent calendars, and it's just like, it's already the seventh. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel uh, like it was just September. Yeah. And this year is interesting for me, actually, because I'm going to be taking two weeks off. Not even really taking it off. I think we're actually going to be closed the full two weeks. There was talk of just the week after Christmas. But I was like, I'm going to just take the three other days of the week before that we would be open. And I was planning on doing it before they even told us that. But uh, it's probably been like, I don't know if I've ever taken two straight weeks since beginning work. (laughs) Like working full time in like 2004 (laughs) yeah uh no i did uh i took like five weeks off uh when i went and visited my brother six seven years ago that would have been but outside of that yeah yeah any vacation i've had i think has been 10 days tops I'm trying to think what uh, we did like an Israel trip and with the plane ride maybe it was longer than that but it wasn't like a two week vacation it was we were there for a week and then plus whatever the travel was so um, yeah so that's exciting for me (laughs) so So that feels like it's coming up so uh, 
I'll be working next week and then the week of Christmas and then till New Year's I have off. So the nice. 21st is the first day off, but yeah, my holidays begin on the 19th, I guess. And then uh, you go back like January 2nd or whenever, who knows? Yeah, the 4th I think is the date, but yeah. Okay. That's so, not bad. Yeah. But that Get, uh, go first to, time in forever. <laughs> it would have been sweet if there was like things to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm gonna have time off too, and it's just like one thing that's such a bizarre thing that does not happen often at all. But the keg, <laughs> yeah, does lunch usually during Christmas? Oh, okay. Right? Usually they're open at like four or whatever, but like I've only done it like twice, but it was always like an awesome just before Christmas. Like, uh, like I'd just go with like a random friend or like my mom or like whoever's available. You know, those crazy like December 23rd if you're not working yeah. type of days. But uh, that kind of stuff. And going to see movies and yeah, nothing. There's nothing to do. You, and, and I have no hockey. They've canceled that on <laughs> me. <laughs> they give it to me, then take it away, and then give it to us for one week, and then <laughs> take it away. <laughs> it's just uh, they're cruel taskmasters. But uh, yeah, well. Uh, We'll find something. Yeah, we're hopefully a, there's... We're making a rink at my parents' place. Yeah, so. the, I don't know if they're doing it, but last year there, a nearby park had, like, a public rink. Yeah. They just poured on the field. I know New Market is making people, like, register <laughs> for <laughs> public skating outdoors. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, hopefully there's enough snow that we can do some tobogganing, because that's always fun. Don't get to do that enough, usually it's like once a year. Right. Uh, but your parents have a good hill for that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's, I'm sure you do that. It's solid for you. It's so weird being an adult. It's <laughs> just like, now you got to drag your kids toboggans up and everything yeah but <laughs> yeah no it should uh it, you know what either way it's gonna be good little break for everyone but speaking about movies it is a movie podcast and big news i don't even know so wonder woman was announced that it's going in theaters and on HBO Max. And I haven't even checked. I think New Market's closed. I don't even know if anything's open, uh, if Barry's open at all. So I've been pretty indifferent to it. But if it, Barry is showing Wonder Woman, I'll see it after Christmas. But big announcement that every Warner Brothers movie coming out next year is going on 
uh, HBO Max at the same time. Yeah. So, but then I haven't really dug into this. I figured I'll just listen to other podcasts and they'll clarify it. And once it starts happening, it'll get clarified. But, like, I've heard that that's not even for Canada. No, HBO Max is just in the U.S. right now. And right. I've even seen people say, like, oh, use a VPN, you can, then you can get it. But, like, you can't even sign up for it unless you have, like, an American address. Like okay. You can't trick it. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, you could just, maybe you could just use it. An American address. Maybe it's a credit card. It also figures out. I, I know that there was something else like that that you couldn't just uh, trick it to think that you're somewhere else. But uh, yeah, like we, it'll be released in theaters. Like everything that comes out is still going to theaters, but also same day HBO Max. But the thing is, will those theaters even be open? Right. So. It- It wouldn't be a big deal uh, to me if the local theater was open. Yeah, ours isn't right now. I figured the ones that I care about, I didn't check all of them, but like, I'm kind of disappointed that it's already postponed this far, but Dune, I was looking forward to, and that's till next October. I can't imagine things not open by next October, but like, you got... The vaccines coming out, all this stuff, it's just like, how is this? I feel like things aren't going to be open more for um, business reasons than safety reasons. Because, like with Tenant, it didn't do as well as everyone thought. So it's like, do they want to open even with these coming out? There's still, I saw the release and like, it's maybe one a month. So it's not like, there's going to be a ton out. It's like, this is your movie this month. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. And who knows if anything, any other studios are releasing anything, yeah. but, uh, there are yeah. some big things, but like, it's a weird thing because just, for, we'll just pretend that we'll have access to it somehow. Uh, this is what I've always wanted. <laughs> and now that it's coming, I don't know if I want it. <laughs> Like, the idea of having brand new releases same day at home. I don't know if I actually want that. I always thought I wanted it. The idea of, like, having people over and, you like, even if it costs $100, right? Yeah. And you have six, eight people over, right? And you split it. No problem. That's how I thought uh, that would be a possibility or whatnot. But, yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it works. But uh, I don't see how a year from now theaters aren't bustling again because there's money to be made. Even though they were almost destroyed. (laughs) It's just like a year from now, if everything's like, if there's a vaccine and all this stuff, it's just like, how will you not someone buy up that movie theater, even if it went bankrupt? That 
property and start showing movies and making money. Yeah. And yeah, looking at the dates, The Matrix 4 has a oh, release yeah. date of December 22nd, 2021. Right. So, I mean, I would think that other things are coming out by then as well. But uh, Side note, I will be shocked if that's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean... Like, I love the first one. I think the first one's awesome. I'll watch the other ones. Like, they're not horrible, but they're not amazing by any stretch. They're letdowns. They're and definitely there are cool letdowns. things in them, but they're not, they're, I don't yeah. know, they're, they're not great. No, but they're watchable for sure. But, yeah, they're not good. But I just, maybe they, they'll have, they have the magic. But I doubt it. Yeah. The big ones, Dune... I think The Suicide Squad will probably be good. It's got a crazy cast, and it's directed by James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy. The trailer looked pretty fun. looks nothing like Suicide Squad, (laughs) the first one. I I can't even tell if they're actually canon, like if it's a sequel or a reboot. or I, I, I know I've read it, but it's like... I think they're almost just ignore the other one, pretend it didn't happen. Um, And I'm looking forward to Godzilla versus Kong, having just watched the other two. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it in that I like. I don't know if it'll be good. I can't imagine how they're going to do this. I'm just, it's more of a curiosity at this point. Yeah. So. I think those are the main ones. <clears throat> There's a Space Jam movie they're putting out with, um, what's his name? LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> LeBron James. Well, the thing is, That's that can't, not, no, it, not that it cannot be good, but the first Space Jam is not very good. No. But it's just like the idea of it. Yeah, it was good like, to it, us at the time. Right. Like being that age. Right. It is not a good movie, and I don't think it ever was. Right. <laughs> so maybe they can do something. Maybe they could. Who knows? But I just don't see it happening. I don't know if LeBron has the acting chops that Michael does. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, that's uh, what's hot in the news. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Adam? So keeping with Christmas, but... Christmas light, very and maybe light. maybe we're gonna get. <laughs> actually, no, I, I'm gonna make a push for the actual Christmasy things in this. But uh, we're gonna we're doing a Christmas action extravaganza double, double bill, and uh, we're gonna talk about the much praised Christmas classic Die Hard and the lesser known but takes place at Christmas time, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, which I watch frequently and you have never seen, correct? Correct. Now, I didn't even know what this movie was. I did. Okay. I got confused. There's a movie (laughs) with uh, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. 
What's the title of that movie? Isn't there a Hollywood weird... Homicide? No. Maybe it's like Lucky Number Slevin. Oh, yeah. That's also a good movie, though. I like that one. For I some reason, I have this and that movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Not see, having seen either one of them, like, twisted around <laughs> somehow. Like, for some reason, they're connected in my brain. I have no re- reason... Or really idea why, because I haven't seen, <laughs> I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang now, but uh, yeah, having not seen the other one, I don't know why I thought that, but yeah, if we, we can uh, talk. Yeah, kiss, let's get kiss, into kiss, that bang, one. Bang. I think I've seen, like I've heard about it, because there's parts in it. That I, I guess I've heard film junk talk about it because I re- remember like people uh, liking and disliking Robert Downey Jr. and stuff. So it's like I've heard people talk about this movie, but yeah, we can get into it. Yeah, so I I feel like I saw this <clears throat> probably after Iron Man. But this came out in 2005, so it's actually three years before RDJ made his big comeback as Tony Stark. But I feel like this helped get him there as, like, a respected actor again. <laughs> right. Like, um, I would have been, well, this is <clears throat> just after high school, I... I did not really follow anything of him when all his like um, drugs and jail time and all that stuff was happening. Um, let me just see what else happened around here. Like he's in stuff, but oh, Gothica <laughs> was a movie that I have heard of, but I, I don't even remember him being in that. I've seen it once, but yeah, like just looking at his uh his IMDb US Marshals I knew of but like that's 98 so he's he in was, US Marshals yeah he's, he's like he's the bad guy <laughs> spoiler <laughs> he is a US Marshal isn't he right <laughs> he's the US US Marshal that I would like to we should do a we talked about this, the uh, doing like the non-trilogy movies, the, yeah, right. Uh, that would be uh, one. Yeah, um, U.S. Marshals being a sequel to The Fugitive that never got a third. Um. So yeah, like this movie's kind of, as far as I know, like I this is what I've heard who's to say what causes anything, but I think, um, this is around when he was kind of getting noticed and probably, um, contributed to him getting the role of Tony Stark. And then in turn, Shane Black, director of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, directed Iron Man 3. These movies are very, uh, similar (laughs) we'll get to that we're getting through the marvel ones i was kind of hoping we'd get to that one this month 
but because we've been doing two a month uh, and really we're not doing any this month. Oh, if we have time, maybe we could do that at the end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> I've already watched Captain America. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, I only say that because it's directed by Shane Black. Robert Downey Jr. is the narrator and it takes place at Christmas. Three things that all happen in this. And for those unfamiliar, here's uh, the synopsis. A petty thief posing as an actor is brought to Los Angeles for an unlikely audition and finds himself in the middle of a murder investigation along with his high school dream girl and a detective who's been training him for his upcoming role. What's your first overall impression of this as a first-time watch? I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It was better than I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah. It's weird because I see Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark now. So it's just like, he he has a, there's, yeah, and like, we'll jump around, but like, the, the fact that like, he gets his finger cut off. Like that, there's certain actors where it's just like the amount of violence that their body takes. <laughs> and like he's kind of one of them in yeah. the Iron Man movies, especially I feel like in the first one where like he doesn't have the suit on all the time and he's getting beat up. And it's just like, it feels like it's the same character or something where it's like, I don't. And then with him himself, I don't know what I'm supposed to, like, feel about him. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What's all these feelings? But, like, I'm still entertained by him. Like, yeah, it's hard to articulate, but, like, I don't know if he's actually worried all the time. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, (laughs) it's just, like, he's just going with the flow and it'll work out. Or is he actually under stress and uh, all this stuff. But, no, I overall liked it. I've been... It's stuck with me, and I'm thinking about it. One thing that I was thinking about that's a stupid criticism, but it is a criticism, where he goes to that, uh, like, accidentally goes to that audition... Yeah. Right? It was like, why would there be an audition happening so late at night that stores are closed? (laughs) It's like, that wouldn't be happening. If stores are closed, say, 5 o'clock or 9 o'clock, then auditions wouldn't be happening at 9 o'clock at night. The only thing I could say to defend that, and I'm... It's not something I've thought about before (laughs) you mentioning it, but that's true. Uh is they're in New York and they're going to be shooting in LA and there's a three hour time difference. So even if it was eight o'clock, but there's still, there's a lineup of people, but businesses still could be going in LA. And if there was something that they needed someone right away, because as is revealed, like halfway through, he's not actually even going to get the part. They're just kind of using him to get um, Colin Farrell. (laughs) Right. This little like, I think that's kind of clever of like, it's really like nobody even expects him to have this part, but they're just grooming him. But, uh, 
so yeah, it could have been just like we need someone convincing. So maybe I don't know. That's that's what I could come up with. But that yeah. is true. It would be very odd to, and it's like it seems like it's in a back alley, right? <laughs> like up these stairs. Uh, I'm surprised uh, that his partner or whatever doesn't come back into the movie. It seems I, like. Yeah, I assume something, he dies or something or is arrested. I just felt like, yeah, he's coming back for sure, and it didn't happen. No, I thought it was it's very It's nice good. that he doesn't, actually, because I think that would ruin it. Be, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, how would he get to L.A. and find him? <laughs> right. Uh, no, I think it's fairly solid movie. Uh, better than I expected it. Like, I have no, like, dislike of it generally. I think there's a couple weird things in it. Uh, but I feel like it is just a lesser, if like it's a kind of dark comedy stuff, right? So yeah. it's, I just, the whole time it's just like Tarantino and the Coen brothers is, are way better at this. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Where it's just like, this is good, but it's almost trying too hard at times. Where it's like you're doing certain things where these other guys wouldn't be doing them, and they could make a better movie out of it and not try so hard. Or I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> specifically with all that but like I'm just trying to think of what examples one thing would be Tarantino surprisingly you would think and the Coen brothers have very little to no nudity <laughs> compared to right where I feel like that's like a crutch to like, oh, our movie's edgy or whatever, so we're going to have this random casual nudity in it for no purpose. Yeah, there's, there's a few real quick things. That is just like purposeless. I'm not like Sometimes some prude part of that's joke. like I can't handle it, but it's just like this seems more of teenage boy making movie than clever filmmaker <laughs> Or something, I don't know. Um, I don't Just know. Like, I, I, I don't. It's not like it's a highlight or anything, but yeah, like I said, they're usually pretty quick, and a lot of times I feel like it is jokey and not yeah. trying to be like sensual or anything. But uh, yeah, it's the, just like the first one is when he's at the party at the beginning. And there's like, uh, he's talking to a girl. I think it's like, he said, she asks what he does. He's like, oh, I'm retired. I invented dice. <laughs> Which is <laughs> That's a hilarious a line. line. Uh, and then she's like, oh, I, I do a bit of acting. And then it's like a quick cut, like kind of, we've said before, like family guy style where right. it's like a flashback type thing. And it's just like her but she's topless and the screaming and then this werewolf thing like knocks her head off, but it's like just super quick. Yeah. And I think that is, see, I don't mind that is that it's, it's a cheap thing. Like she's calling herself an actress, but that's the type of stuff she's doing. 
But yeah, there's definitely other stuff. See, later. like that stuff, I think's fine. Where it's just like whatever. It's a joke, and it's quick, and it's has a purpose. But I just feel like there's a few other things here and there. Specifically, the main actress. What's her name? Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. But like, yeah, her. Just casually, uh, yeah, she's like undressing in one scene, right? Where it's just like this seems completely for the male audience, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I don't think it's like glorifying it because it does serve a bit of a purpose, but you don't have to do it that way because it shows him kind of catching her reflection and trying to ignore it, so right. it's like. It's not completely meaningless, but you don't have to actually show it. Like, you right. get what she's doing. Like, you start the undressing and cut away, and then you see him just seeing her back or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. I'm, I don't care. It's just like there's a few things like that uh, where it's just like I feel like the same script with. Or similar people. I'm just trying to think dark comedy wise. Other directors that like you can do things. And uh, exact same topics, exact same thing. (coughs) And it's, I feel like it's a little bit elevated. Like where you're expecting cheap nudity. (laughs) Like where... I am always reminded about, uh, not that this movie was horrible, but in Seinfeld, it's like the amount of garbage men will sit through <laughs> for the chance of nudity or whatever. <laughs> and then it, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, like you see those uh, posters or like of like old fantasy movies, like, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, this is just an excuse and there's no uh artistic value or justification for it but no that was fine i like robert downey jr i really like val kilmer uh yeah. i would i it's one of those movies i feel and that's why it's pretty good about it i forget all the good lines but as he's saying them they're great yeah, then there's a lot. Like, yeah. anything he says to Robert Downey Jr. is usually, like, a sarcastic joke or an insult or something, and they're all funny. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen this a bunch of times, and it is one of those movies where um, I know every line that's coming pretty much, but it's in the way he says it. Like, it's kind of right. like Dumb and Dumber. It's the performance and the delivery and the believability between these two characters, like both Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, I think doing an excellent job at their roles Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it. It's not, that's where I don't think it's trying too hard to be clever. I think it is clever. (laughs) Yeah. No, I do think, I do think it is good. Like they are, I think they're very good together. And the the banter 
and the back and forth and the yeah. insults. It's what makes this movie good. Like, right. it's a pretty... I think it's a confusing mystery. Um, like, it takes me, or it has taken me a while to fully grasp everything about it, of, like, what is going on. When you're watching right. it, it's one of those things where who cares? Like, right. <laughs> you don't even really think about it, and there's, like, revelations yeah. and all these things that happen, but it's, like, if I were to get you to explain I everything, couldn't. you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> Not even close. Because, but that's exactly, you're right though. Like, I don't care. Like, I was yeah. just watching it being entertained. And it's just like, I'm not that invested or like trying to figure out like, who are those guys in the mask or who did this or what. And it's just like trying to go ahead of the movie and figure it out. It's like, no, they'll, fi- they'll tell yeah. me eventually. Who cares? It's more about the ride and... Um, following. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes as far as just like, yeah, I, I love when, does he think she died? Yeah. They call. So yeah. Yeah. That early on he gets a call saying that, uh, Harmony committed suicide. They have to treat every suicide as a homicide, but it turns out, her sister was using her name. So it was actually her sister that committed suicide. Right. I do love the, uh, when he's leaning up against the car (laughs) and I knew that he wanted to leave (laughs) and it's just like, no. And he just like pushes off. Like I did enjoy that. He says it like like three times. He's like, I have to go. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I have to go. And he's just leaning against his car. He pushes it so he can drive off. That is good comedy. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Like, I like the brutal, like, who cares about each other. Like, Val Kilmer doesn't care yeah. about him type of stuff. Uh, a little, well, whatever you can call it. But uh, when he, some of the darker humor that I did enjoy was when he pees on the corpse or it's yeah. just like oh man <laughs> like that kind of like, yeah <laughs> and then like trying to explain that to someone yeah it's just like yeah uh it, it's pretty creative and pretty good like that yeah um, um you, you were saying how you just see him as tony stark and right. that is obviously the go-to for him. But having seen this so many times, I don't see a lot of Tony Stark in this character. Like, it is different, which is nice. Right. Like, you can... There's still certain things that, like, he'll do the same, I guess. But maybe it is the writing. But I think also the performance is very different than Tony Stark. Because he is more of, like, a screw-up and like not in control of anything (laughs) and not that he's dumb or anything, but like he's more of a goofball or whatever and less charming, I guess. But yeah, that scene when he's uh, accidentally pees on the corpse and then he's on the phone with Val Kilmer 
and he's like that whole phone call is, is hilarious yeah. actually because they're both like getting shots in on each other but he's like trying to ask a question about can they like trace dna off of that and but Valkyrie was like, no, no, you don't get to ask the questions. I am asking the questions. Why did you pee on it? <laughs> like, I wasn't doing it for kicks. <laughs> uh, what else was there? There's a few other good things. I don't know. I liked, uh, I noticed <laughs> the first two people that Tony Stark <laughs> kills are black guys. <laughs> It's just like, well, that was weird. But I do like that he just kills that one guy that kills that other girl. Yeah. Like See, that's where I think, bed. like, it's good acting because he's doing it, like, almost in a rage, even though he doesn't know this other person. And then he's still got, like, remorse about it later. Like, he's talking to Perry on the phone, and he's like... I killed a guy and he's all distraught and whatever. And yeah, it's like even in, in most movies when it's just an every, every, every man guy that kills someone, they don't seem to reflect on it ever. (laughs) But like, that's like the first person he's ever shot or killed. And he seems pretty torn up about it. And then the next guy that he kills is an accident and he's like kind of in shock. About that that was funny. That was genuinely good. Yeah. And I love like, that's good editing and good directing just how quick it happens. Yeah. So you're not like, Oh, I know what's about to happen. It's right. just, it happens. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, yeah, I like the math. Stuff. Yeah. Stop doing math. <laughs> what? you just do I just i put in one bullet didn't i, I you put, put a live round in that gun oh well, yeah there was like an eight percent chance was it just eight eight yeah who taught you Man, math more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah anything he says to him is amazing i love the uh he it's like a bait and switch kind of thing where um i guess it's like at the lake when he throws the gun in the lake he's like look up idiot in the dictionary you know what you'll find Picture me? No. The definition of the word idiot, which you f***ing are. Yeah, just (laughs) those things are amazing. He has a lot of those little quips. Um, I love the music. And, like, it's very noir detective kind of thing. I can honestly say I have no feelings on the music. I didn't even register. I Yeah, I wouldn't. Most movies I see once, I don't recall that kind of thing, but I ha- I can get it stuck in my head because I've heard it. But lots of saxophone, muted trumpets, and some sleigh bells to tie in the whole Christmas thing. So yeah, let's talk about Christmas. This movie is not really a Christmas movie, but just one that takes place at Christmas. Yeah, very much so. Like... I watched this, I think, after Die Hard, and we'll get into Die Hard, but I was making specific Christmas notes because we've had this argument last year. (laughs) So I want to uh, reinforce my uh, stance on that. But yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's like they mention Christmas. It happens like you see the date and everything. Um, There's like a couple parties they go to, and there's Christmassy things there. 
her outfit because she's working the one party is like a Santa skirt thing. Um, there's the scene where that one girl gets shot and then he shoots the other guy. Uh, Blue Christmas is played in the background. And yeah, they say like Merry Christmas at one point. But other than that, it's not very Christmassy. Oh, actually, one thing I noticed that I don't think I knew this was what it was, but at the first party, um, when uh, Harmony falls asleep and there's like the guy kind of mm-hmm. like uh, being all creepy, there's a projector and it's playing Santa Claus with the devil in it which is the one that I just watched that uh, Red Letter Media reviewed as well so I thought that was funny that I was like hey I know that movie Um, that scene that is probably the moment that I was sold on this movie like it's it's pretty entertaining right from the get go Um, like his narration and all that is very entertaining but when he comes in and he's like, you better be her doctor or whatever. Right. And he's like standing up for her and uh, he makes the big speech of like, now it's past my bedtime, make a choice or whatever. It's like this big tough guy speech and then cuts to him just getting the crap beaten out of yeah. him. Like that was where I think I was like fully on board first time seeing it. I was like, okay, so it's that kind of movie. <laughs> And just the speech is really good. Walk away, don't think, just do it. What are you, a brother or something? It's none of your business, man. I will fudge you up. No, you'll try, and that little experiment will end in tears, my friend. So again, for the cheap seats, do not think. Walk the fudge away, or let you and me go outside right now. It's past my bedtime. Make a choice. Yeah, I I was on board from that point. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I liked it. I just didn't love it. But um, I think his narration also elevates it for me very like fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. like it's kind of weird because even at the end it's like we're watching a movie but then he's like talking to the camera and it's like so is what's i don't understand what we're watching like <laughs> it's like a reenactment of what actually happened or is he telling the whole story or what it's kind of right. weird but probably my favorite movie narration or narrator uh, ever. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> but this one's funnier. <laughs> yeah. So, preferences. Um, Do you ever watch Modern Family? No. The actress that plays Young Harmony is played by Ariel Winter, who's now, like, she's one of the main characters on that. So this was before, and she's obviously pretty young, but uh, quite grown up in that show. 
I noticed that Val Kilmer is famous in Top Gun. And then the woman is the Mission Impossible wife. What woman? The main woman. Holiday. Halliday. What's her name? Starts with an H. In which one? What do you... <laughs> The, the in Top Gun would, or in this one? No, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> She's Tom Cruise's wife in Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise's... Oh, okay. I'm like thinking in the first Mission Impossible of like John Voight's oh, wife. Sorry. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yes. Yes, she is uh, Monaghan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh true there is a connection there <laughs> um here's a stretch to connect the two movies uh this and die hard there's a whole thing about her doing the beer commercial and uh the the brand is Gennaro's, which is what bruce willis's wife's maiden name is is Gennaro in die hard and this is a also a Christmas movie, maybe trying to make some sort of connection there. Maybe. <clears throat> um, so I think I've watched this with commentary. And this is one thing I probably would never have picked up, but watching it now I see it. When they're carrying the dead body in the hotel. I know Val Kilmer was saying, oh, yeah. like, do you see it when they pick it up that, the body's in there but when they're in the hall there's no body in it it's just oh yeah that <laughs> a huge pet peeve of mine is and no it, weight carry but i think the thing with that is he is overcompensating. like you see his like legs bending and he's like really hunched right. over like it's super heavy but it's like you're fine before but like it's got like a bit of a dip in the, the yeah. sheets or whatever they have wrapped in it so i thought that's funny whenever i see that and then so then they drop it off the roof. It always makes me cringe when it hits the yeah. side of the dumpster. <laughs> it's yeah. just so like oh, unsettling. <laughs> Brutal. Um Oh, didn't even mention Johnny Gossamer. I love that whole thing. With Who's like he? that's like the book character how like there's these novels that they read when they were oh yeah, yeah younger yeah. and whatever so it's like that's kind of the noir connection i mean they're still doing detective type stuff but there's that whole thing and how everything relates to that and right. uh how they even like foreshadow it's like oh yeah you could there's kind of like a fake ending where you like it could be resolved but then they're like oh but there's all these other questions and uh I think Val Kilmer even says, is, was that Johnny Gossamer enough for you? And they're like, well, usually there's like a torture scene and then he breaks free and kills 16 guys. <laughs> and I'm always disappointed that at the end he doesn't kill 16 guys. It's like a handful, but that's more realistic at least. It's not like waves of henchmen that he has to kill. <laughs> yeah. The torture scene though in this movie. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, like inconceivable p 
pain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you f- you can sort of feel it. And again, I think that's a great performance. <laughs> like it's not a comedic performance where it could be. It's funny, there's funny things happening in that scene because of Val Kilmer and him kind of egging the the bad guy on and then him being like stop helping, stop helping. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's not like a played for laughs like I'm being electrocuted. It's like you really feel the pain there. Right. Um there's a couple of nice references to things. Um again, fourth wall breaking when he's there's like the scene at the beginning um at the party when they meet Harlan Dexter and it's like pauses the movie and it's like okay that was a terrible scene obviously that's gonna right. come back in later and then he says something about like that shot of the cook in Hunt for Red October <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always look for that now when I'm watching that uh, and then at the very end he's like I saw the last Lord of the Rings I'm not gonna have the movie end like 17 times it's <laughs> a nice one uh that's brutal at the end. I love it. But like the old man played by old Matt Damon from uh Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I feel like I, I fell just... asleep <laughs> for the last like five minutes and then rewound it and watched it. Uh I'm trying to even remember what happened. Um, I don't know if this won't be spoiler, but for those that know, uh, so he goes to visit Harmony's dad. They just had the funeral for his daughter, her sister. And he just starts like slapping him in the face, but he's like bedridden and can't defend himself. And he's like, uh, he's like old man that can't defend himself big tough guy and then he's just like yeah that's right big tough guy and it's like it's pretty not emotional but like you can kind of see uh, it's almost like you get the sense that maybe Val Kilmer was abused when he was younger or something or not Val right. Kilmer but his character uh <laughs> But he does make a joke about that. Like, did your father ever tell you he loved you? And he's like, well, he used to beat me in Morse code, so it's possible. (laughs) But not out loud. So maybe uh, that is where that comes from. But uh, it's pretty... You don't see stuff like that in a movie. (laughs) So it's pretty cool, but brutal, but called for at all the same time. Um, what are you giving this? I think I give it like a four and a half because I love it. It's not perfect, but I do love every moment of it. Like I'm laughing the whole time, even though I've seen it a ton. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure I went full four and a half. Bold. It's a bit of a statement. <laughs> Not going to lie. Well, 
I think I already had it at that actually. Um, I think when I went to rate it, I was de- I was debating, and then I went and when it came up, it already had it at a four and a half. And you I can't was even fight tradition. I was even thinking like, you know what? I'll give it a four and a half and a heart. And then on Letterboxd, it had both of those already. So I was like, well, I know what I know. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) Yeah, I think I gave it a three and a half. I could rewatch it. (laughs) Definitely rewatchable. Like you're saying, tons of lines. And to quote any of it, after first watches, there's just so much that you can't hold on to at all. I find that a lot of the time where it's like, I want to quote things, and then it's like I, I just watched it and I already forget. But having seen it a ton, there's definitely a lot in there that uh, I could run off. All right. So, highly recommend for me. Recommend from you. <laughs> Not for everyone, though. I could definitely say that. No, if you like. Robert Downey Jr. I think he'll like this movie. I remember when I saw this, I was like, whoa, Val Kilmer got fat. But then, like, now it's like, he's not even fat in this. Like, you see him in other things later, and it's like, that is fat Val Kilmer. In this, it's like, he's thicker than Top Gun or Batman even, but uh, he's not that bad. I feel like it fluctuates a bit through the movie, depending on what he's wearing. His neck looks a little thicker. (laughs) But I think he had some sort of medical thing, because he's in... I don't know what, but I know that he did, for sure. Yeah. In MacGruber, he looks huge. He's funny in that, too, actually. He's the bad guy. I think he is one of the most underused stars and now it's too late but like how good he is in so many of his movies and accomplishes what he set out to do and even uh, like Tombstone if he wasn't in Tombstone Tombstone is not memorable without like he is I I think he's by the far best the best of thing of Tombstone, yeah. like no questions, and yeah, you could have got. It's, it's a shame that there's not more Val Kilmer movies. You gotta watch, uh, The Saint. I yeah I think I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the full thing. I mean, it's not an amazing movie, but, like, it's 90s. It's that sweet spot of, like, they could get away with whatever. Not trash. Like, it's still good. But he dons all sorts of disguises, so he's doing all sorts of little things. Um, So, anyways, I haven't seen that in a while. But, uh, oh, yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb Red Planet I bought a while ago. I remember not liking it that much, but... uh, I want to do a double Mars movie. <laughs> yeah. Double bill. Because uh, that was 2000. I think that was the same year as Mission to Mars. It was okay. one of those just like, let's put out two Mars movies. There we just go. Cause. 
Um, so transitioning into Die Hard, I just wanted to go over again Shane Black. So this is his resume of things that I know off the top of my head that are Christmas. And this is just something that he will just throw into his movies. He must just love Christmas or think that there are people like me that will watch things again around Christmas time. So he's doing it as a ploy, but at least written by, I don't know about everything he's directed. Well, a couple, I guess the main ones. So he wrote lethal weapon. That's his first writing credit that takes place at Christmas. Wouldn't call it a Christmas movie. Um, so does the last boy scout. I don't really remember it. I've seen it maybe once and I've been told it's a Christmas movie or takes place at Christmas. Right. Uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, Iron Man three, the nice guys, which is, I feel like a lesser version of this. It's not quite the same. People loved it, but like I watched it on a plane. So I didn't have the best viewing experience of the nice guys, but I heard people raving about it, and it's like it is not kiss kiss bang bang. I can say definitively is better than the nice guys. Yeah, I like the nice guys. I don't. I wanted to like it more, especially having seen this first and knowing oh, same sort of idea, buddy kind of not quite cop, but action comedy type thing it's it's got the same feel but yeah definitely not quite um getting there uh but i think at the very end there's something about christmas that he slips in (laughs) that one's written and directed by him as well uh i was surprised i don't think the predator had anything christmas the newer one yeah, I was expecting it, but I don't think I noted anything. But those are the main ones. There's other things he's written, like Last Action Hero I haven't seen. I don't think any of the other Lethal Weapons have Christmas. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know. Like, I've seen them, but I don't remember. Yeah, so anyone looking for non-traditional Christmas things, just look up Shane Black and watch anything he's written almost. So... Going from that to a full-on Christmas classic, John McTiernan's Die Hard. Now, you've never seen this before? (laughs) No, this is probably... Realistically, this is probably only my third or fourth time seeing it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, probably... Yeah, so... (laughs) Uh, seen bits and parts here and there all over the place, but full on, full through. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. Uh, I saw it for the very first time, but I, I love Die Hard. I can say I love Die Hard. It's very good. Like it a lot. Don't think it's a Christmas movie, <laughs> but. It's funnier than I remember it. Like, the last time I watched it, it probably had to be four or five years ago. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely funnier than I remember it. Like, there's... And that's very good. 
in the movie, but then I yeah. think it's a little bit uh, when it tries to get serious. I don't like tonal shifts where it's like we got a ton of comedy and stuff. Uh, so, yeah. But I think it is... It's hard to say anything that people haven't said before, but I found it a lot funnier than I remember it being. Like, it is for sure an action comedy. Like, they're constantly making jokes and jabs. and I've, I wouldn't call it an action comedy. I feel like it's more of an action that has comedy in it. Like, it's it doesn't really have... Right, a okay. funny tone, but there is a lot of humor in it. But I, yeah, like Kiss, Kiss a Bang Bang has humor. a more humorous tone, yeah, and a, a way less action, actually, yeah. So it, it doesn't really come close, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely 60, 40, 70, 30 action, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just found it funnier than I remember. Oh, I should pull up my notes, is what I should pull out. Instead of just trying to remember things. Uh, I like the beginning and how quick things happen, I feel, in other movies. Uh, Other, like, die-hard movies, I really think we should uh, watch uh, Under Siege. And we could do Under Siege in, like, Air Force One. Like, there's so many die hard on this, do it. But, like, that yeah. idea of being trapped somewhere and, like, die hard is the go to premise. Is Under Siege at Christmas time? I feel like no there's a Christmas tree, like a mini one somewhere. Right. But that's the extent of it. <laughs> uh, but I like that it gets into the action pretty quickly. Yeah. Little criticism. No company is having a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's a little... Uh, yeah, with that, I don't know, because they do mention it's a bit of a double celebration and they just had some big deal. So it's like right. maybe people But no one's working were, then either. Well, it may be that like earlier in the day they had something. Like I have worked Christmas Eve most years. Really? But like during the day, it's like whatever. And then you go home. I could see like, your stuff. yeah, I have worked and it's usually like you work till lunch and <laughs> at 11 o'clock you're well, already wrapping up. <laughs> yeah. I go into work, but I don't do any work. <laughs> right. Like, but like yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah. It just seemed like to have a Christmas Eve party and it's pretty late. Yeah. Um, uh, although, you could say the same thing about the Santa Claus. They're having an office party and it's Christmas Eve and then he's got to drive home. Yeah. So maybe Americans do it. Maybe. Maybe or, it is. I mean, it doesn't apply to the Santa Claus, but they do mention the Japanese and traditions and stuff. So maybe because they don't celebrate Christmas, I think someone says, maybe right. that's why they would, I don't know. I'm sure people would not be happy about it <laughs> if they were told they had to be there. Right. Uh, one thing, like, her office or whoever's office they're in, yeah, the background person. is, like, unbelievably 
fake, like through the uh, blinds or whatever. Like it looks like a late night talk show <laughs> set. Yeah, uh, but I, that does not bother. That's not a, a criticism. That's an observation. I'm fine with that. I kind of do like the like main plaza area with the waterfall and stuff. Like how kind of hokey it is and whatever. Uh, the music definitely implies Christmas, but then lots of sleigh bells. Yeah, ode to joy. Ode to joy. A little bit of throughout. Um, there's another song that comes in at some point. Um, Walking in a winter wonderland, I believe it is. There's a little yeah. minor part that's like da da na da da na na, like when they're like the bad guys are coming in and they're cutting all the stuff like it's not a happy version of that but it it, it is definitely slipped in there as a christmas thing <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh no the the vent the famous scene or shot of him in the vents with the lighter mm-hmm. i think that is probably the best shot of the movie <laughs> like that is good stuff like and it makes sense and it's you yeah. feel it and it's great and it seems plausible like sometimes like that's a cliche of climbing through the vents it's like right. he is in there pretty tight, tight. Right. like it's not just i always think of mission impossible right the first it's one. gigantic it's just, yeah you have four people on top of each other in there <laughs> like right. uh yeah this is like the size of him I don't know how he got in there, like climbing up from hanging on the side. <laughs> like that would have been hard. And they do a pretty good job when he turns, like lights the lighter. Obviously, it's a movie, so I'm watching it knowing that that's not what's providing all the light on his face. But they time it perfectly so he turns it on and then yeah. like a light goes on his face for the camera. And it's like both turning it on and off, they, they timed it very well. <laughs> Kudos to the the gaffer or whoever is in control of that. Uh, the FBI guys. They're, I find like they are one of the main sources of comedy. Where yeah, well, not main, but even uh, Deputy Dwayne, whatever his name is, the. <laughs> the deputy guy that's out there and like he's just an idiot the whole time right. and going against everything that yeah. like he doesn't believe that he's helping them and all that like yeah, yeah this that's movie one, that's is so one well thing, balanced thing this actually on a darker note uh this movie feels its time because the whole like surround them and wait them out type of thing I think is like highly questioned and not done anymore because uh, like for hostage that's fine when you're expecting hostages but with like school shootings and people just wanting to get a high kill count it's like you just gotta go in as soon as possible because they're just yeah uh, so I feel like nowadays, more you see more and more the policy of law enforcement just go in because 
the people are just trying to kill as many people and it has nothing to do with hostages or whatnot. So yeah, there's definitely some things they would have done differently. Like even, uh, using the roof, like why aren't the police taking a helicopter up, dropping in like a SWAT team to go in from the roof. And then while that's happening, there's like a sniper on an adjacent building to cover them. And like, they're just, there's more things that the cops could have done and maybe they didn't back then, but like, waiting for the FBI to come and they're just going to be um, just to get the hostages, I guess is what they're supposed to be going to do. But I think they right. even say they're, they don't even care about the hostages. They're just going to like gun them down anyways. <laughs> so they're like, we might lose a few hostages. They don't care. <laughs> I like when the FBI guys are in the helicopter and one's like, just like Saigon. And it's like, I was like, what, I was in what? junior high, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They, I find the FBI guys, uh, pretty funny. Like, I didn't register or didn't remember. Like, a lot of their stuff is pretty dry, or like, yeah. they're, they think they're so cool. Right. <laughs> Where it's like they shut down the power and it's like, oh, I bet they're pissing in their pants. But it's like they wanted them to do it. So they're just right. makes them look stupid. Yeah. Uh, and how do you feel about their names? The Johnson and Johnson? Yeah. I think it's great. I think, I, I, like, I don't even Jim think Johnson. that's the, the best punchline is no relation. Right. <laughs> it's a black guy and a white guy. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm Agent Johnson. This is special. I think Agent one Johnson. of the guys is a no bad relation. guy in one of the Bond movies. The yeah, guy. the yeah. He's in oh, what else is he in? I feel like he looks like I don't know if he's in the Goonies or something. <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking of like the Goonies or, oh no, it's not the guy in Kindergarten Cop, but it's some, some movie like that where it's like a nineties action comedy where he plays a bad guy. Yeah. No, it's, uh, they're good. Uh, no, there's nothing. It's hard to like die hard. It's a problem in that it's very good, but we're just going to point out good things. But, like, I like John McClane. The outfit is great in that you really... They really emphasize how much he's getting beat up. The yeah, point the, of no... The thing with the outfit, though, um, that's impressive. Movies, as we as most people know, are not shot in chronological order. Right. They do a very good job of continuity with his like yeah. wife beater that he's wearing because starts out clean, gets a little bit of sweat and blood, gets a little dirty. And then once he goes through that vent, it's really dirty, more blood. And then it's just gone by the end. Like yeah. <laughs> there's a good progression. And it's like, I, I do try and pay attention to see if it's like, Oh, it was a little too clean there, but no, they do a pretty good job. Yeah. No. And the point of no shoes is genius. 
That feels There's like... a lot of setups and payoffs in this. Yes. It's well thought out. Yeah. A lot of... The, yes, made a like a ton it. of things set yeah. up and paid off. Like, constantly. Uh, yeah. The no-shoot... Like, that's such a great thing. Uh, just to add to the difficulty. And, yeah. Uh, and it's not, like, a huge hindrance the whole time. No. It's really it's for almost, that one scene with, like, the, like, shoot the glass. Right. Well, at and first it's, like, helps that he's quieter. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, and, yeah, it makes it a little bit more iconic, The his outfit. Like, <laughs> running around, no shoes, just his undershirt. It's awesome. Uh, his signature side smirk is on full display. Like a lot of the time he's doing the like talking out the side of his mouth kind of thing. <laughs> like uh, lots of times yeah. he's like, making jokes. Well, this, yeah, Die Hard, the first one is, is excellent. I would like to watch the second one and third. I've seen... I don't think I've seen the most recent one. I've seen parts or whatever, but like the idea of that he is just a normal cop. Yeah. Is really used well in this one and like how he's talking to himself and he doesn't just go in there blazing right away and he would have been dead and you can debate that and all that stuff. But like later on, he just becomes. I feel like Bruce Willis does not know who John McClane is. <laughs> like later well, on he's like a superhero. I like, well, I don't I wouldn't blame him. I think it's just people like whoever's writing these movies. Well, it's yeah. just like, well, we could just make this be some new action star or we could just make this a diehard movie and say it's John McClane. Like right. it, it's so interchangeable it doesn't other than they may connect some things. Like the first three are pretty yeah. well connected, but then the fourth, and then is there only five or is there more than that now? I assume, I guess there's just five. I've seen the fourth. I have, I have the fifth cause I have them all in a Blu-ray set, but I haven't watched that one yet. But the fourth one, it's like that could be anyone. Um, other than it's like his daughter is kidnapped or something. And, but again, that could be anyone's daughter. It doesn't have to be John McClane. Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance actually has a tie in with the first one because it's Hans Gruber's brother. That's the bad guy. So it's like, that makes sense. The second one, it is basically just cashing in on the, the success of the first one. It's another one that happens at Christmas guy. He's not completely on his own, but he's doing everything by himself. Right. Like he has the backup of everyone at the airport basically, but somehow is still just running around by himself (laughs) doing everything. Uh, not as good as the first one, but yeah, the first one I think is perfect is one of if not the greatest action movie of all time and not just because of the action but 
all these other things we said. It's smart. It's fun to watch. Uh, it created this quintessential action star that like is iconic and like that doesn't happen by accident. It also doesn't happen on purpose that they're trying to make that. It's just, that's what it became because it works so well. Um, every, pretty much every character is likable in their own mm -hmm. way. Like not everyone is like an amazing character, but you do enjoy everyone to some degree. Like they're all good and not just a waste or annoying or whatever. Like yeah. you've got the main ones, John McClane, Hans Gruber, and then like Al Powell is great. Basically, um, Carl Winslow. <laughs> yeah, see, I love him. He is very yeah. good. My only issue is like when it's like, oh, he killed a kid by mistake and all this stuff. It's just like, why, why is that in this movie? Why are we trying to get serious? It is just for the ending. Right. So he can pull his gun out again and... Did yeah. it. He saved them. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Talking don't about the ending, how does he tape that to his back? Yeah, getting it on there <laughs> would be hard. And I feel like the other guy that's like the other yeah. guy that's left would see it from his yeah. angle. For and sure. And he gets shot first, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he kind of has his back to the one wall, but it's like, I'm pretty sure you came out far enough that he could see that on your back. Yeah. The Gruber fall is excellent. Uh, Do you know uh, the story behind that? Like, so, is it he actually was dropped not from a building like that, but there is, like, it was a crane shot or whatever, however they did it uh, in a controlled environment. So he was actually dropped, probably had another cable on. I don't know how far he was going to go, but they did the countdown and dropped him before. Right. So it's like a that shot is genuine surprise of him free falling. Right. <laughs> so like, because he kind of makes like a weird face and like the super slow-mo, it's, it's very good. And I always like those stories of like to get a genuine reaction from the yeah. actor, but it's also like, what, you don't think that they can just act. <laughs> right. But, but still, that is what happened with that. And I think that's cool. Uh, no, it, it's excellent. He's good. I love his list of fake demands and he's just yeah. calling for all these the release of all these people and that kind of stuff it, it's nice that they're just after money essentially uh, yeah but yeah no I, I don't really have a lot to complain about it my only gripe would be we mentioned the fugitive I think the fugitive's a 5 out of 5 when it was made. <laughs> Die Hard's a five out of five out when it's made, but now it's like, it is not uh, the best 
action movie of all time or any like people will argue that Die Hard's on the top 10 of action movies of all time maybe top 10 no problem I don't know I'm not really thinking through but like it's not the top action movie of all time not even close I think it's pretty close uh, like but as far as if, action like well, that's basing like it on the action, the action I don't alone. think that that I think the movie is excellent but like the action itself I'm not it is pretty simple it's good it's not like disappointing action or anything but yeah that, I think like, I'm, like we mentioned the matrix like when we say action movie I'm but saying that's like so stylized over the top type stuff like that I you can barely compare these two when right. I say action movie, it's the movie as a whole. It just happens like said, to be an action movie. It's an action movie. It's, like I said, so thought out, smart, clever, funny, right. all these things. But I don't think it has that much. Okay, here we go. I don't think Die Hard has that good of action in it. It is an excellent action movie, but like, it's definitely the fights like, aren't anything special. Like, I like the table, under the table, and he shoots the guy, yeah. and, like, stuff like that. But, like, the action itself, like, if we were just watching it with uh, no sound on or something, and it's just, like, just the violence. <laughs> if we're just we're just watching the violence of Die Hard, it's not that impressive. Um... I will agree on the for its time thing because it is very 80s action, but definitely the top of that. And I think going from there, it just depends on what your preference of action is because there are so many different things. Like you right. could easily say John Wick is way better gunfighting. Right. It's like it's true. There's more to it than that. But this is something completely different. Like you said, it's just regular cop guy he's not a superhero he's not a super trained assassin like it, the the action suits the character and oh i think it's that's i don't I think i was just saying i don't want it more he is supposed to yeah. be a regular cop in the other movies and he's launching cars into helicopters and stuff <laughs> like casually is yeah that's something john wick would do I'm not wanting that from it, but it's just like, yeah, it, it is, it does what it sets out to do pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I'm just in comparison to violent movies, funny, violent movies. It's up there, but uh, there's a few that I think are better. The only things, and these are nitpicky, that I would complain about, and not even complain, one of them is just a stupid line. Uh, when he first gets to the building, and he's looking her up, and then he's like, 30th floor. They're the only ones left in the building. It's like, so why didn't you say that? Like, right. There's a guest coming. It's like, Oh, you're probably looking for them on the 30th floor. Like, why? Well, I, I get it because they they would be the only ones in the building, but don't even have him say that because 
I guess you kind of have to so that it's not like right. he, he could have run into someone else. So that I get why it's there for a movie, but as a person, you don't just let them look them up and then say 30th floor unless he's screening them to make sure he's actually there for someone specific. But I don't know. It's a little, uh, it's a little bit of a, a jerk move. And then the other thing, which is kind of a main plot, not plot device, but uh, the use of CB radios. Yeah. Do not work like that because he's cutting people off all the time. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further. Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. And it's like, no, you push to talk. And when you're talking, no one else can broadcast. That, yeah. And one thing with that is just like, even if the bad guys could hear you, you'd be communicate. If you could communicate to the outside, you would be constantly communicating with them. Like, I feel like they like, uh, just kind of ignore that he's able to talk to these guys and like, he's, they're still like doubting him. When they have communication yeah. with him, and it'd well, be, that's it's kind just of the, like the it, it is the, the point of the dumb FBI and all that stuff, but it's still like kind of it. It just doesn't make perfect sense. It would make more sense if there's, uh, yeah, if there's he lost the walkie-talkie or something. I like all the bad guys, like how they all look different. Yeah, like they're, they're all pretty distinct, distinct, you can and tell them apart. Yeah, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, there's uh, a few that you don't see much, I guess, but uh, for the most part, you're familiar with everyone. Yeah. So as far as this being a Christmas movie, mm, I don't get hundred percent. <laughs> I so my argument is this movie certainly takes place at Christmas but mm-hmm. it could have easily taken place any other time like he could be coming for July 4th it doesn't have the Christmas stuff in this movie is incidental not essential it doesn't have to be there. Could have been a different holiday. It doesn't even need to be a holiday. Like he puts like, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Like there's stuff like that. But it's like he could have just had, now I have a machine gun. Like it makes like the the music and just them saying it. But like to me and... This is just for the listeners because you know what I'm going to say. But to me, Christmas movie means somewhat Christmas message of peace on earth, happiness. Like you look at all the our, our top 10 Christmas, there's something sitcom-y or like happiness at the end of it or whatnot. Uh, positive family something Christmassy. This is just action movie that happens to take place at Christmas. 
Uh, you're entitled to being wrong. I don't see um, like you and okay. First, you of cannot all, say mother effer in a Christmas movie. <laughs> I said that before. I still stand by it. Like that, it is not. Uh, you're disqualified. I feel like there's you can't have that type of language and this type of violence. Violence does not. If your definition of Christmas movie is so broad, then it, it's not because I, like I said, with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I will watch it around Christmas time because it takes place at Christmas time. But I would differentiate that from this. This is a hundred percent a Christmas movie, and I have no less than twenty notes of specific things. <laughs> Okay, that, that make, make it, it a Christmas movie. For one, your top ten included such movies as It's a Wonderful Life that yeah. barely takes place at Christmas. The very end does, and that's when all the happy things happen. But there's way more Christmas stuff in this and has just as happy of an ending. No, but this is incidental Christmas. The music is like almost ironic. That it's violence happening with nice music. Like it's, that's almost common. They're using the Christmas as a joke. But it is in it so much. I don't, I wouldn't call it incidental. First one, this is more of a joke, but first person that you see in the whole movie is the passenger beside him on the plane who also appears in Ernest Saves Christmas. Okay. That's not a clue that this is a Christmas movie. Forgive me. I don't know what you it is. are right. Everything you say, <laughs> you got a good point there. Um, okay. Plain announcement. Have a very Merry Christmas. We're already establishing it's Christmas time in the first minute of the movie. The first music you hear is sleigh bells, just sleigh bells. And that's at the airport. They're just jingling, and it's not at the airport. It's actual movie score. Uh, and then when we first see Ellis flirting with Holly, uh, they're going through all these Christmassy things, talking about roaring fires and mulled wine and frosty and mistletoe and blah, blah, blah. They're doing all their little talking about these things. Yes, you could rewrite this movie and it could be another holiday and you drop in whatever else, but it's establishing it's not just in the background it's it's in the forefront her name is holly this this is they wrote this with christmas in mind that we're going to go so far as to call Thank a character good. holly and the driver named argyle i wear my argyle mostly at christmas time uh i can't imagine what it would have been if uh his daughter's name was Carol. What you would mm. be doing now? That would be my number seven point. But in this case, number seven, put on Christmas music, or could you play some Christmas music? This is Christmas music, and we're listening to Christmas in Hollis, which is a forget who sings it, rap artist song. Whistling jingle bells, walking to the elevator, 
uh, Ode to Joy being played by the band first in the party, and then it's incorporated into the bad guy music as soon as they arrive, and then uh, Hans is humming it at another point, and then when the vault opens, obviously there's the full-on uh, like chorus of of that, which looking that up wasn't like written for Christmas, but it has been played at Christmas a lot. Right. See, that's what I was thinking too. That it's like this is not a Christmas song. Not originally, but uh, it has become one. So I did look that up just to make sure, but there was like specific things. Um, one of them being even uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall they played, and that was at Christmas. So that's pretty significant. <laughs> uh, and the Hans is a uh, German. Oh yeah, that must. That's probably also a connection there. Uh, as I said, "Walking in a Winter Wonderland" is heard in the score. Um, here's some themes: family coming together for the holidays, uh, reconciliation. I will give you that, although it is very loose, it is there. But it's, it isn't loose because it is the whole, like, it's not the driving force, but it's why he's there. It's why but then, but you he could, has to go there. I would, I'd pump the brakes on your argument there. Don't embarrass yourself because <laughs> there's family and coming together. Like, you could say that for the Fast and Furious movies. No. So if there was a Christmas tree in the background, you could say all of those are Christmas movies if they just happen to have a Christmas tree in it. Yeah, but this happens at Christmas and all these things that I've already listed and this to refute your point of it's got to be peace on earth, goodwill toward men, whatever. Uh, Like, and... Another point that you like to make about sitcom misunderstandings, they don't have an easily solvable problem. Like in a few scenes, they establish why she's there and he's not, and you get yeah. the idea of why. So, what does this have to do with them. Christmas? That specifically doesn't have to do with Christmas, but the fact that at the end, you get that they're working things out, they're going to give this another shot kind of thing. Yeah. Reminds me of, uh, national treasure too. <laughs> like it doesn't, well, mean, it's like, that's don't let it, the sequel bring down the original. They were supposed to live happily ever after. And then the other movies don't allow I'm that. On, I'm on board with that. But the, the, Man and woman walking away is in. I'm not saying that's exclusive to Christmas movies, but if you're going to make an argument about Christmas has to have these things, that is a very big part of Christmas as a season and family coming together. There's even the two brothers in the, the bad guy gang and the emotion between them. You get a nice setup of him cutting. 
Are these the highest points? Like, I'm waiting for something to I'm, actually... I'm only halfway through this. Okay, keep going, because <laughs> these are... I have yet to be impressed. So, the, the blonde guy's torn apart in the revenge. There's oh, a family... So, yeah, a bad guy is upset that the guy, his brother was killed. Especially because it's Christmas. He's very torn up about it. Yeah. Um... This one you could say incidental, but it is just in the forefront. Now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 wearing a Santa hat. These are all intentional moves. Many Christmas trees on the police dispatch desk, as well as other under construction floors on the desks. It's everywhere. Like, if they were going to put in, this is happening at Easter or 4th of July, I don't feel like they would have it this... um, threaded throughout it let it snow playing when they're uh oh when uh lieutenant powell's in the store and he's singing along with it and then that's also the song that comes back at the end for the credits um roy rogers i looked him up he had a christmas album now i don't think it was by accident but that he said he was partial to Roy Rogers and then goes on to call himself Roy as his uh, kind of fake name. Um, Miracles. I think if we're talking about Christmas, it's not uncommon to be talking about miracles and Christmas miracles. Talking about the safe. The last one will take a miracle. It's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles. This is intentional. Everything about this, it's not just, yeah, we'll make it at Christmas. It's written for this season and for this reason. (laughs) Uh, When did this movie come out? 88. What month? The summer, I think. Right. You don't really. There I, are lots of Christmas movies that don't come out at like in December, really. or there have been. I know there was definitely one. Okay, I well, found. I think <laughs> A Wonderful Life probably didn't, but like, yeah. pretty. If it if the studio think it thinks this is a Christmas movie, you're usually coming out in November, early December. Or they in '88. How long did things stay in theaters? Not a lot six longer. months. Maybe. You're not, pu- you're not putting well. this as a summer blockbuster, expecting this to get a head start on the Christmas rush. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's not a Christmas movie. It's just um, evidence that the Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life was January, so they just missed it. Um, it's evidence that the creators did not think of it that way. Not so much the creators, but whoever was in, whoever was releasing it. Mm, like, I think I don't it's know, all call of them, them creators. Together. It's the studio. Studio choice. Um, John McClane speaks of mother of God, Mary. <laughs> Who at Christmas time, that's what it's all about. Mary, mother of God, is what he says when he sees the C4 on the roof. 
Uh, it is as a curse, but it is a direct reference to the birth of Christ celebrated at Christmas. Yeah. Next, t- next you're going to be telling me when people swear and say Jesus Christ, they're talking, it's an Easter movie. <laughs> um, the tape that he uses to tape the gun to his back is holiday tape. I don't know what you'd call it, but it's got yeah, Christmassy things on tape. it. That That wouldn't work. Um, There are Christmas decorations everywhere throughout. Lights in the trees, snowflake lights on the lamppost, the big tree. There's Christmas decorations in Prometheus. Which is (laughs) a Christmas movie. Now, that one I would put under the happens at Christmas, not necessarily a Christmas movie. It doesn't have all these examples, such as... uh, if this is your idea of Christmas, I gotta be here for New Year's. Final line of the film, just to stamp this. I is think that's a Christmas. the stamp of this is a joke. We weren't. We all know it's not a Christmas movie. This is just him. It's not incidental. It's intentional, and I feel it, like woven you, could, throughout. you could make this movie the exact same and it would be loved and thought. I don't think the robbery would work as well. I think, yes, you could make a movie like this and take out everything Christmassy. It, it wouldn't work as well. The robbery wouldn't have the same effect. The party, like whatever excuse you have for all these things happening, but you could do new year's or another holiday where, or some excuse that no one's in the building. Just having it under construction is fine. I Yeah, no, I'm not saying about having no one in the building, but having the hostages and having the party so he is coming out. There is a great Yeah, I know. There's here. no excuse for a man to come visit his family. <laughs> it's the first time he has since she's been out there for months. Yeah, but Thanksgiving is just as... Reasonable an expectation. We should rewrite this for Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, it'd be better. There, there, there'd be, be turkeys. There'd be. It'd be stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> the whole movie falls apart. Although he could make a, a joke. See, that's about the thing. Something that's the, the best, biggest argument. The whole movie would certainly not fall apart. The Santa Claus and Home Alone. The whole movie would fall apart if you didn't. Home Alone wouldn't fall apart. They could be on vacation anywhere. But that, but that, like, it doesn't work in the everything else within the movie, and that no one else is around. The whole neighborhood's gone. All that kind yeah, of but, stuff. Okay, everything you're saying, and we've had this comment before. Things don't have to be written the way that they turned out. You can rewrite things. If you're changing one thing, you change all that. You make But Home excuses. Alone is conceived as a Christmas movie. This is I feel like they are movie and then it's like oh, at the it same would be, time. No. That's the thing. This is 99% action movie comedy, 1% Christmas. Everything else, <laughs> I just read off all this Christmas. Stuff. That's this just stuff throughout. that just happens to be there in the background. Like you could say, there's a million things where, uh, like, okay, 
is Casablanca a war movie? Because World War II is happening at the time, and it involves... It involves a lot of soldiers and stuff. Right, but there's no action in it, and there's no actual fighting, but the war is in the background and always present. But you wouldn't say Casablanca is a war movie. Yeah, that's in the background. This I don't feel. This isn't in the this background. This isn't background. It, it this makes isn't no in the dialogue. This is in your face the whole time. <laughs> this is. I could say, uh, E.T. is not a Halloween movie, but there is a scene that has Halloween in it. Everything else incidental. You can have another excuse for going out and like getting E.T. there, like he's in a, a disguise when they leave the house. That. I will say, yes, not a Halloween movie. I'll watch it any time. <laughs> this is Christmas. <laughs> no, that's the that's the other deal. Okay, I here's the last thing. Here's... I am comfortable watching Die Hard any time of the year. I don't know that I ever have in my whole life. <laughs> well, because you're a psychopath. <laughs> have you seen the Nagatomi... Nagatomi... Nakatomi Plaza logo. I've only I've noticed it because it's on my mug, which I don't have with me. I should have used it as a prop that no listener can see. Uh, but it's all over the mug, and watching the movie this time, I noticed it all over the 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 movie. Um, it looks like holly. It looks like the balls and the leaves. Uh, the actual building is like the 20th Century Fox building, is my understanding. It's, yeah, I forget what it's. It's the actual. What it actually uh, is. But, yeah. Um, here, let me share my screen so you can see this. This is almost as pathetic as Phantom Menace. <laughs> Uh, which okay? Do you see this? I see. Oh, yeah. Now I do. If that's not Christmas, I don't know. I don't know what your family is gonna be celebrating <laughs> on the twenty fifth. If you can't see Christmas in that, and that is that is subtle in the background. But again, all these things are thought I out. I think you've flipped your lid officially. I'm going to, this will be posted on Facebook for all to see and agree with me. The Nagatomi, <laughs> the, the Japanese name kind of takes away from the Christmas. Well, you don't, it's the logo I'm talking about. Well, I know. It's, <laughs> it's all part of it. Um, I, uh, I don't know what else to say to you. I I hear your points, um, but I feel this is you. To it is tea. not just me. Is the thing I no, know that this it's is all like, these people that are. I don't think this is you. Everyone else that's trying to do this, they're trying to be too cool by half. It's just like, oh, my favorite movie, uh, Christmas movie is Die Hard. Oh, I never even thought of that. And it's just like people trying to be... Everyone's thought of it now. Yeah, but but people being too clever. 
you know what I like? Words and definitions and structure. Your definition, I will grant, this is a 1% Christmas movie. You have Miracle on 34th Street, which is exploding with Christmas. And you have Die Hard. I'll compromise. This is 1% Christmas. You Die can Hard cha- is more you of a Christmas take, movie than It's a Wonderful Life. You and can take. I, I could otherwise. I could. Uh, I could maybe accept that, but no, because the ending and the <laughs> angels and all that kind of stuff, the religiousness in uh, a wonderful life. This is if this is a Christmas movie, it is. The stretching the definition the most, and I would think you would have to agree with a little bit of that, where it's definitely not blatantly obvious. Like you look at when it's released, the cover, what the movie involves, terrorists trying to steal money, the language, the uh, like what's going on here the amount of guns used in it like there's it does not have the frosty the snowman feel here is a truth bomb movies have genres and christmas is not a genre not every it's a subgenre okay (laughs) i'll yes so Sub-gen- you can have that subgenre of anything. You can have a comedy Christmas movie. Right. I agree. You can have a drama Christmas movie. You could have action Christmas movie. I agree. Movie. That's why I'm saying it's and a 1% that is what this Christmas is. movie. But you, this movie is a bucket. This is a lot of this things. This movie is a bucket, and you have a little, you've put a little cinnamon or a little turkey. Or whatever, and it's a hint of Christmas. There's a hint of Christmas. But you're talking as if this is, like, full-on, like, this is the main ingredient in this movie. The ingredients of Die Hard, there we go. The ingredients. You can make all movies into ingredients. You need this much of this to make it a comedy, this much romance, blah, blah, blah. The amount of Christmas that is put into this movie is the little extra, like, if, last if this ingredient movie, that you forgot, it no. wouldn't matter. If this You movie could take were Christmas a, out of this movie and it would not matter. If this movie were a pie, Christmas would be the crust. It holds it all together. It's not the main part. It might not even be the part people enjoy. You know why it's not? Because... It, it is not because all those other ones, Air Force One, Under Siege, and the other uh, diehards are essentially the same premise and a very similar movie. And it's just like, yeah, we're not doing the Christmas thing. And it's essentially the same movie. Like, what if... Harrison Ford was flying home <laughs> and it was Christmas time. Then you'd be I couldn't say until I saw that movie. 
at Christmas. <laughs> it could, it, they could pull it off. There are lots of movies that I feel like many con- would consider being a Christmas movie and outright have it in the title that you are saying aren't a Christmas movie. No, like what? Uh, and Bad I, Santa. No, that's obviously a Christmas movie. Why? But, but, I'm, I'm sure but it's not. A, it's, a mother effer. It's all let, let swearing me vulgar. He's, a, no, he's but, in a Santa suit. That's so uh, secondary. It doesn't matter. I would. I would. Be a, are, a mall I would Easter agree. Bunny. I would agree with me on this point. That I agree with myself on this. That. Yes, Bad Santa is more comedy than Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's obviously, like, if if we can put, like, uh, A Christmas Carol or Miracle on 34th Street as the gold standard of Christmas movies, that, yes, that is 99% Christmas movie. And then, yeah, there's, I'm, 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 I'm compromising, Adam. There is a range. <laughs> you, you'll hear it here. I'll do. It, I'll say it for you. Yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Slightly. <laughs> I'm gonna use it that has clip, elements. It has slightly. <laughs> it has elements of a Christmas movie, but that, so it is a Christmas movie, but. You can have elements of a lot of things, and you do it. That does not make the, uh, like, like if you have a zit, your whole body's not a zit. <laughs> like it's like this movie. Yeah, there's a little bit of Christmas in it. That doesn't make it a Christmas. You're movie. saying like one percent though. It is so much more than one percent. But I'm just saying like there's movies that have like one action scene. That doesn't make it an action movie. Yeah, that's where I feel like uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang really has like one actual action-y, or maybe you could say two or three, but like not really action throughout. So I struggle calling that a action comedy. It is more just a right. comedy noir. But like thing. even people, people will say like Jaws is a horror movie. Well, I guess there's horror elements in it, but like the tr- what people think of a traditional horror movie, you don't really think of Jaws. Yeah, that one. I don't know. I'm compromising. Yes, there's. It has. Christmas. You're not giving it enough credit. I see well, that you're you're coming a little bit, but not enough. Well, it's unde- but then yeah, it's undeniable that Christmas is throughout this movie, but the fact that I it think came it out in July, no one, th- everyone watches it whenever. If the internet didn't exist, no one would think this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's such an internet answer. I think you're just mad at the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, Rocky, s- Rocky is not a New Year's movie. 
But the fight no. actually takes place on New Year's Day. Yeah, I again, I agree. It has it in it. They mention it. That is an example of a movie that it has this holiday, but you wouldn't call the whole thing that. But in Die Hard, it is a part of every scene. <laughs> Not it's there. Really. It is. What part is, when he's shooting uh, Nakatomi's face in? What, uh, what part of Christmas is in that part? The red blood? No, it's part of their having a Christmas party and it's freaking everyone out when they hear the gunshot. Actually, this is off topic of what we're, this I think I might have made a note on for other reasons, but uh, talking about the thoughtfulness of this movie, I love how he's got a silencer on his pistol and he takes it off before that moment so that they do hear him shoot him. It's a nice little, Mm. might not notice it, but... There's a, there's a few little things like that. I did like all their models. Really paid attention this time to the models. Uh, you haven't seen it. You really should. Austin Powers has a great miniature joke where, uh, so Dr. Evil is frozen for 30 years or whatever it is. And then they're showing him his businesses and how they've grown since. And they're showing all these miniatures like that. It's like, are this factory in Phoenix, are this factory here, and our factory that makes miniature factories. <laughs> it's like, that is so good. Uh, we got to do Austin Powers. <laughs> I think we should do that and more James Bond. I want to go through every single we franchise. We should do. I was thinking... <laughs> We're doing the Marvel. I think we should do Star Trek, Star Wars, Terminator, James Bond. You name it, let's do it. Uh, sure. Yeah, as just long like as, uh, the listeners are paying the bills. When you're drag, when you drag it out, like I two at a time type thing, once a month, you can handle anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's when we get ambitious and try and do everything in one. Right. <laughs> it doesn't work out. Marvel's going to last a while, though. That's fine. At this rate. So, well, unless we'll, we get going well, on Once a couple the new scenes. year happens, we'll start pounding them out. They'll go fast. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm done about Christmas. We know we're not budging. No. Um,. So, yeah, let me just scan back through these because I had other notes about the setups, the payoffs, the thoughtfulness. Some of them I'm, pr- I'm sure I didn't write down because they're obvious now, but um, everyone knows them. I love the setup with the watch, how it is established early on, how it's like, show them the watch. So did he give her the watch or the company give her the watch it's like the company right that's what i thought so but still it could have just been any old watch you don't even have to mention it's just she's wearing a watch but it's nice that it is set up early on it's a rolex um the this could be something that is just thrown in an action movie but i think this works and does make sense so during their fight between john and holly 
they're arguing and then another couple run into the room and they're like, oh, sorry, and back out. Right. They're obviously looking for an empty room to get their business on. And then when the guys show up, um, it could just be, like I said, something thrown into an action movie, a quick little topless scene. But it does serve a purpose. That's the same couple. They found another room somewhere else and already undressed. But then it actually serves as a distraction for John to run to the stairs. So it's something that they could have just had that, but it's really cool that it is set up early on that you see them walk in on them and it interrupts the scene. And it's just great writing. Uh, The silencer thing. Oh, there's a cool... (laughs) So Carl is the long-haired blonde guy. He, after um, Mr. Tatagi gets shot, you see Carl paying the computer guy. He takes, like, a bill out and hands it to him. Like, they had a bet going of, like, is he going to talk or not? Oh. It's just a nice little thing. And it's like, I don't think I've ever noticed that before. I've not noticed that. I like that. And it's not even that far in the background. Like, it's pretty in the frame. But kind of makes me think of, uh, like, Avengers. Captain America and uh, Nick Fury. Um, I feel that you get very familiar with the locations. You know where everything is in relation to each. I think... It is very good with the geography. Because there's even like smaller films where you should have a good grasp and you you don't as good as here or even bigger things where it's like, I have no idea where anyone is, but in this I feel like you've got a pretty good idea. Um, this is just something surprising. Powell doesn't show up until like an hour into it. Like there's yeah. a long stretch of like setting up and him actually being on his own before yeah. that happens. And then he can talk to people. Uh, and then <laughs> one detail I liked after he crashes his car, he, when he opens the door, there's like a bunch of McDonald's wrappers that fall in. <laughs> uh, and then also John hasn't spoken to Hans until about an hour. And it's like the same time. Um, little thing I never noticed before the SWAT guys when they're approaching the building they go through a garden mm-hmm. um, and there's some roses I think they're like white roses one of them actually ends up on Powell's car but there's one of the SWAT guys that actually pricks his finger on a rose and says ow <laughs> and it's just like See, that's, again never noticed it is but it's very like, comedic it is, but it's also like cleverly comedic and like this big tough guy, and then like, ow. <laughs> like, it is definitely, I, I don't know if it would have been unscripted. I think that is something scripted that is just like thrown in there. Very funny. Um, and then, yeah, like, there's a lot of things where action movies can be like, oh, how convenient that this is doing the, that or whatever. But, um, when they're going to shoot the rockets at the car. I love that guy too. Send in the car. 
Send in the car. Yeah. He's all tough. Uh, they're they're wheeling the rockets over the window, and one of the cases falls. And they're like, ah, forget it. And then they've fired all the rockets, and then they have to go and grab the other case. And then that's when he drops the C4 down the elevator. So it's like it gives him that window of time. You don't even really need that. You could just have him do that to interrupt it. But it's like there's a reason for things happening. Which is great. Um, remember how people used to say, eat your heart out all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that phrase. And anytime I hear it, it's cringeworthy. Um, uh, let's see. I'll just skip over anything that's not important. Uh, <laughs> One cool action thing, when he he shoots at one guy's legs as he's running, I think it's like the glass scene, and then the guy falls and his head goes through the glass. That's just awesome. <laughs> that is, that's the good action that you're looking for. But agreed, it is not quite up to today's action. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's it called? Edge of Tomorrow or Mission Impossible. Any Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is definitely great for its time. I still, I give this a five star. Like, there's no question. This, to me, is a perfect action movie. Yes, you could make better action today. But I don't hold that against it that there are better things that have come out it's kind of like watching um like we did citizen kane that i obviously watched for the first time so i'm seeing it and i've already had all these things to compare it to but it's like i appreciate everything that it did before other things but i like these other things that did it after more yeah, I could see that. That's usually what I argue. I just feel like 1988? I don't know. I guess. Like, what else would there have been at this time? I don't know. Like, Terminator, First Blood, like, those three guys are kind of the, the big action stars. So those, if you were going to say those are the top, like, action movies of the time. Yeah, and then Bond... Which wouldn't be... I don't even think those are, like, top-tier action. Like, they're enjoyable, but... They're more... (laughs) But they're closer to, like, Mission Impossible. Kind of, Like, where it's crazy stuff happening. Yeah. These... This one, like, they're just gunfights. Yeah. So, perfect for me. Perfect five out of five. You said four and a half? Yeah. I think that half-star deduction is just because of the internet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and Christmas. Spite. And, yeah, you refuse to give it. I mean, I understand the whole, it's not as, it's good for the time, but I wouldn't hold back a perfect score because of that. Yeah, I'd have to look into more of what 
I'm uh, comparing it to. I'm just, yeah. It's, I just feel there's, yeah, other movies that are trying to do the exact same thing that are better. Uh, but. I don't think Air Force One is better than this. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I wouldn't hold it against someone for liking it more. That's if it's your preference, go for it. But this is, like I said, all these thought out things. There's more, but I'm sure there's just too obvious for me to make notes on. But uh, those are some of the new officers observations I made this time around. So, but we should Um, do uh, later on this year or next year. We should do. Air Force One Under Siege. Been dying to rewatch Under Siege. That easily has been 15 years since I've seen Under Siege. If I watched it a couple of years ago. Um, it is a great action movie for sure. It's right. is, it is not smart right. <laughs> like this is, but... Same general thing. You've got your action star. You've got man against an army kind of thing. Uh, it's fun. I like it. Tommy Lee Jones is great in it. When is he not? Yeah. Uh, I did watch Batman Forever recently. Really? On purpose? Yeah. I, love I was going to say we can get into that, but... I would say of the big action stars, Bruce Willis is my least favorite. I like Schwarzenegger and Stallone more. Yeah, if you're taking into account like all their movies, I feel like this is his best easily. Like, and I don't know what else comes close. He's in other good movies. Uh, Funnily enough, Lucky Number (laughs) Slevin. He's in that, which I think is a very good movie and one of his better later movies, but like even Pulp Fiction and other stuff like that. He shows up in a lot of good stuff, but as far as action star, this is 100% the best that he's done. Whereas, yeah, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, you could debate a few of theirs, what's the best. Like True Lies is amazing. And people forget about that one. But I think that is a good, fun action. That is actually an action comedy. But, uh, yeah, James Cameron knows how to get a performance out of Arnie. Uh, We we will revisit these people. (laughs) We've talked for a while doing a Stallone versus Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that will work. We, you know what you do? You do like. We just watch a handful. Or after a while, like we do the Terminator movies. We do Rocky. Yeah. And, and then we have like a culmination after six months of stuff. I've been meaning to watch Rocky 4 because I did look up is Christmas in Rocky 4 and it is. So I, I got to watch it this month. <laughs> There you go. And I'm, I'm, I was excited to after watching the third one. I'm like, I, I got to watch the fourth. Rocky Four right. is the epitome of like 80s culture. 
it might even end up on my uh, our January episode of our favorite watch, new watches of 2020. Yeah, might I'm make my top to ten. That. I've already made my list, but there's definitely some that could easily get knocked out at this point. I plan on lo- watching a lot of movies between mm-hmm. now and New Year's. About not watching a lot or watching watching a lot. A lot. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope to. We'll see. So that's January. We're um, next week staying with Christmas and we're going to do a deep dive into all of the Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol movies. All of them. We will watch and review every single one that exists. Uh, As many as we can. I'm sure it'll be more like three or four each of us and with lots of overlap. Uh, so stay tuned for that and um, weigh in on this conversation, debate, what have you on social media. Find us at uh, Line of Sight Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Also, Twitter, which does not have any activity. Or email lineofsightpod at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. The fire is slowly dying. And my dear, we're still goodbying. But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie.